Hello and welcome to this Office Freedom Podcast, Flex with Richard Smith. Once again, I'm joined by the man himself, Richard Smith, the CEO of Office Freedom, where this week we're going to be talking about everything in the flexible office workspace in this post-pandemic world. What trends are you sort of expecting to see? The trends are going to be how exactly is everybody going to get back to work? Are, are they going to get back to work full time? Are they going to mix it up with working from home and going back to work? Um, or will it be literally one or the other? Where specifically are you seeing activity? Globally, across the board, but especially in the UK and North America. So is that in the hub and spokes? That's me speaking my property lingo. Or is it sort of central or suburban areas? Also both in the suburbs and also the central business areas, like especially in central London. One deal we've done very recently in the last few days was a sports betting technology company that took space in the city of London near the Gherkin. Another one was a gift company that has taken office space in Shoreditch. So there definitely seems to be um, a lot more activity, especially in the city of London. Richard, that's, that's really interesting because that really does fit in with some recent news. Yes, exactly. According to the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, about 1,000 finance firms from the EU made up of money managers, payment firms, insurers, they are wanting to take space and open up offices, a third of which actually aren't already in the UK, you know, in, in London. So two thirds of which have no prior physical space in London. And these firms therefore need the help of UK service providers. Anyone in mind there? <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for some freedom and you really want to find your office freedom, I have someone in mind that could, uh, that could assist them. But yeah, it's, it's good news. And specifically, where in the EU are these companies from? The highest number of applications are from Ireland, France, Germany, Cyprus, Holland and Luxembourg. So in case you were wondering, as I was, how foreign companies view London and the UK post-Brexit, this is some real good news with London set to remain a key global city. What are your thoughts then on the connection with the global flex office workspace, covid human interactivity and, and, and everything kind of returning? I believe Flex can contrib con contribute to the recovery. At work, we need wellness amenities to escape from the desk, such as quiet and collaborative spaces where members can work from meeting rooms, breakout space, private focus areas, roof terraces, balconies with views across the city, gyms, cafes, recharge areas, libraries, sleep pods. Literally, the list is endless. The amount of facilities in these buildings Sorry, did you is amazing. say sleep pods? Yes. So in the middle of the day, you can go and recharge for an hour and... Yes, it, there are areas where you can literally switch off and relax. Um, and that's the wellness side of things. But What's there's the all, financial benefit? Well, the financial benefit, now that we're kind of at this stage, priorities are preserving precious capital, reducing overhead providing our staff with agile working options, flexible workspaces that make them happy. These surely have to be our priorities moving forward. Even prior to the pandemic, the flexible workspace office sector, which was once a cottage industry, had evolved into an integral part of the UK and global office space landscape. There has been much debate about the future of the office in today's pandemic world, particularly in reference to agile working and flexible workspace versus traditional leasing. There's no doubt that a sea of change is upon us. The light is definitely brighter at the end of the tunnel. Yes, we must have cautious optimism because we know what happened last time when we accelerated too fast. There's definitely a strong debate with views from both sides. 
I'm sure the answer is a mixture of both working from home and working from the office. Working from home last year in the summer sunshine, that was a novel experience. And we were all thinking it was this isn't too bad after all, especially as we thought it was going to be temporary. I think now people are really missing collaborating to see their friends in the office, to get outside, have a haircut, go out for lunch and to do all the things you can do in the city centre. I think we need to be in the office for at least some of the time to maintain the culture and camaraderie and collaboration. The longest established flex operator, actually, office space in town, they've come up with a great idea called Adjust to accommodate a phased return to the office. This allows you to rent an office, but only for a few days that you need. For example, if you only want to come in the office on a Monday and a Wednesday, you can have a designated office and only pay for it on those days. I will say that last year I was extremely impressed about how fast the serviced and flexible providers immediately reacted to COVID to convert their spaces into COVID-compliant offices. This really is a completely different relationship with tenants in serviced offices versus tenants with traditional landlords, which is a lot more distant. So the flexible market has to be commended for its, its, its response to what happened last year. So... What I'm gathering is you firmly believe that flexible office solutions can contribute to the recovery. Yes, I do, because the facilities and amenities available in these buildings is amazing. I mean, there's a big debate amongst uh, staff members and obviously uh, business owners about how we're going to return. Um, I've heard several conversations where staff are very happy working at home and i'm sure they do miss the interaction but equally there's a lack of travel um that they have to worry about um what's the encouragement to bring these people back to their sort of communal hub well i think that the obvious thing is that people want to mix with people um they need to collaborate they need to have fun have a laugh enjoy working um They need to be able to train staff. They need to nurture. They need to mentor, you know. I mean, I guess that's one of the big things you can't do when you're sitting at home. You can't bring on juniors. You can't train people efficiently, having them working remotely. So from that perspective, it's really important that people sort of get back to normal rather than treating it as a new normal. Yeah, it's it's impossible to to do that effectively um, remotely. Um, But look, there is a complete difference between certain types of operation in fact you know what let me tell you something office freedom i'll give you an example us okay so before covid we had all of the staff in the office in the west end um so that's sales that's admin that's marketing Marketing. that's finance everybody and it was great don't get me wrong but the reality is is that we did have to as everyone did have to reduce overhead and so we took a decision to um to have our marketing and finance working from home and that will continue permanently yes they can they're you know more than welcome to come into the office for team bonding to have a chat and to have meetings every now and then but day to day um they'll be working from home and i think when you're doing marketing finance tech programming coding you don't need to be necessarily in the office whereas when you're you know, doing deals. Um, I mean, each business is going to judge that differently. I mean, I guess that's that's the purpose of having the options and the availability. Some may take the same view, but instead of having their staff at home, they'll go for the local office option, perhaps, to 
put people into. Yeah, some could go to the um, suburban locations closer to home. But I think for a business like mine that's got a complete mixture of different types of divisions, then I think we could mix it up. I think companies like, um, you know, like the tech companies, like we've already spoken about Facebook and Twitter, Microsoft, who have um, pretty much announced that so many or all of their staff can work from home permanently. Um is that's their business. They they don't need they're not doing deals. They're mm. not they're not they don't need the face to face handshake. You know, for us, you know, we're showing clients flexible office space. One of the major focuses over the last year has been on mental wellness, mental well being and how people cope with that. And from the chats we've had and from the research I've done on on the flexi office space, these offices go way beyond somewhere to work. What what do some of these offices offer the staff in terms of things that can you know, set them up in terms of mental well-being. Well, look, I've worked in many of these flexible workspaces myself, so I'll give you an example of you know our own experience. the The space itself is just so cool and contemporary. You actually feel like you're in like a phenomenal working environment. And then I leave the actual. I walk out. You know, it's got its own private, self-contained front door. Walk out of the space. I'm into a breakout area. So what is a breakout area? It's an area that you can go to and the tenants in the building can just utilize. And it's not bookable. It's just like, you know, first come, first serve. But there's very rarely, um, you know, no space available. And you can sit down and you can, you know, you can talk to your own staff, have informal meetings. I've had many meetings with clients, important meetings in breakout areas, Um or you can rent the dedicated rooms on a pay-as-you-go basis. We actually had a couple of our own dedicated meeting rooms, but some clients have their own dedicated, and some clients actually like to just book on a pay-as-you-go basis. And I would have thought, I'm not saying gyms are standard, but a lot of these buildings do have sort of gyms attached to them. What, what, what else can these facilities offer? I heard you mention sleep pods. The gyms are in some of them, which is great. Um, some of them offer you membership to local gyms if they don't have them in their own building. Some of them have got libraries where you can literally just well read if you want to read in a library which i suppose is what you're supposed to do but a lot of people just go there just to unwind and 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 there's sleep areas where you can literally just fall asleep a couple of them actually have sleep pods a bit like um you know we discussed recently with the the old michael jackson uh, oxygen tanks that type of thing um but yeah, there are areas where you can really relax and, and switch off. I was looking actually at some of the office space that you have on your website, and I noticed that there are a couple sort of in the Mayfair area and around sort of town that have their bars. I mean, it literally has a, a fully stocked, looks like a whiskey bar yeah. to me. And I mean, it was pretty exceptional, really beautifully lit, comfortable chairs. And you just wouldn't expect that necessarily from an office space. That's a private membership club you're referring to at 12 Hay Hill, which is mixed up with some um, self-contained serviced offices. So it's an office and club, and it's got the most amazing restaurant. Literally, the food there is unbelievable. There is a chap called Craig Haggerty, who used to work for me back in the day. Um, but now he runs his own successful service office operation called Business Cube. Um, and he has an office in um, Bar- near Barclay Square. And he's done a deal with 12 Hay Hill, whereby members of his space can become, um, you know, utilize the 12 Hay Hill private members club. So, you know, the amount of benefits, literally, it's, it's amazing. And companies these days are very, very aware of the mental well-being of staff. Like it, it's, a, it's a thing. You have to take care of your staff. You have to offer them these kind of things. So in terms of maybe companies looking to surrender leases or 
rethinking their office working solution mm. um you know flexible office space seems to be like a nice solid fit on all fronts well yeah there's there's definitely a transition from the um a lot of clients transitioning out of leases into flex and i think that this is um a real sea of change that we're about to approach because this moment coming up in the next few months will i think see a real acceleration in the need for flex and looking after the staff and wellness because we've you know we've all been through a very very tough time and a lot of it will only manifest itself going forward so these types of spaces will be very important in other current news this week i see there's been uh, some sort of movement in the we work softbank story what, what can you tell me about that yeah, they, they've been in dispute since 2019. WeWork were going to purchase some of the stock for about $3 billion. In fact, they were due to have a trial to, um, in March, early March. Um, but that's just been averted because they've come to an agreement. It's not official yet, the terms of it. But I think that they've agreed to purchase the stock of about half of that, about $1.5 billion. So I think the founder, Adam Newman, um, has still had a um, satisfactory outcome, maybe not as satisfactory as he would have wanted at the outset, but um, it's a big moment. I mean, SoftBank now have about half of the original stock, which would give it about 10.5% extra. So that, now they have majority control. And what it means is that there's now, you know, some peace and harmony, you know, with that battle, which is really important. I mean, you know, to put it into context, uh, WeWork have like, you know, like about 8 million square feet. That in nine, 2019, they had about 8 million square feet in Manhattan alone, about 3.5 million square feet in, in, um, in London. The biggest land, the biggest tenants in in those areas, like more that three million square feet more than J.P. Morgan in Manhattan. Wow. Um, we're talking about eight hundred locations in in about a hundred cities. So it's really important that that has uh, has found um, a plateau because um, it would have sent a few shockwaves through the real estate market in general, and so especially it's, so the it's flex good market. News. It is good news. It is good news that that has been solidified. So when you put it like that, um, yeah, I totally get it. That is good news. And, and, and what else? What other news is out there currently? Well, there's I had very interesting um, communication recently with a another household property name, Great Portland Estates. Oh, yeah. um, they are a traditional property company. FTSE listed. FTSE listed. FTSE 250, um, about two and a half billion in assets. Um, I think they started about 1959. So they've been, you know, the long, one of the longest established businesses. And they've just opened up their first flex office in Soho. Okay, that's a bit of a change. Well, it's Carnaby Street. Okay, we um, all know Carnaby Street. Yeah, we've uh, all spent some time there. You know, back in the days where the old uh, mods and rockers used to used to hang about. I, if I, I, I think I was. Were you a mod or a rocker? I think I, I was a mod for a couple of weeks. I think I was way too young for that. If if anything, I was probably a new romantic. But there we go. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you because when they started having a few uh, get-togethers down at Brighton Beach, I also went down the old route of going down the new romantic route. I didn't really fancy yeah. uh, bunch up in those yeah, days. It's always when they pull out the pictures and I think how weird I looked with big hair. I did have hair back in those days and shirts with brooches on. But yeah, it look, was, uh, hair or no hair, Gav, you, you still look a million dollars. Thanks very much. So which of the other big boys have joined the sort of flex office workspace? What, what household names? British Land, they have their flex product called Story. Legal and General 
have um, capsule, crown estate, have um, workplace, and land securities have the flex product called MYO. These are major, major property companies that historically wouldn't really look at the flex market um, in, in you know, like they do today. And what it about just shows? What about overseas? What about the sort of the US players? Um, well, there's a company called Boston Properties that have got their brand called Flex. Uh, Tishman Spire have got Studio. Emerge 212 by SL Green. Uh, Milstein Properties in New York City have, have got a um, company. Power Space by Vornado. I know one of your heroes also owns or is in charge of some <laughs> yes. office space, which I find quite distressingly weird. But go on, tell us. Robert De Niro. Uh, he's got a co-working space in Greenwich Street in Manhattan's Tri- Tribeca Film Center. That is his manor, his yard. He's got so many businesses in that area, which he supports. Um, and yes, yeah, so he is one of our clients. Robert De Niro is a flex operator. Very happy to hear that. So continuing with the evolution of flex, um, the most iconic buildings really on, on the planet are starting to host this kind of space. What, what other iconic names that everybody will know have a uh, service office space, flexible office space? Well, there's many land, landmark buildings that have their fair share of uh, flexible workspace. So in New York City, for example, you've got the, um, the Freedom Tower where ServCorp um, have a space. HANA have something at Three World Trade Center. The Empire State Building, uh, WeWork have space there. And the Willis Tower in Chicago, um, Industrious have space there. There's plenty of these examples in the US and over in London I, know, I, I mean I certainly know the Gherkin has some yeah. amazing space well the city skyline which you can see you know just behind me and behind you um, wow the Gherkin as you say Broadgate Tower and NatWest Tower Regis have space there Servcorp have space in the Cheese Grater Salesforce Tower previously known as the Heron Tower um, Landmark have a office there um, the Shard is a flexible workspace by the Office Group One Canada Square which um, also was used to be known as um, Canary Wharf Tower, also um, the office group. So let's just talk about then the office group, because I know you know, as you would do most of the providers, but you know them personally. Yeah, the office group um, was founded in 2003 um, by my old uh, boarding school buddy, Charlie Green, and also uh, by Ollie Olsen, who was my partner in midfield when we played football together for the world-famous St. Johnswood Tigers. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Best to move on. Best to leave that right there yeah. in your football career. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but yeah, Ollie and Charlie did an amazing job. They really were the first uh, of the new generation of flexible workspace, fueled by their desire to make a difference. They Everything they did was distinctive and unique. And with each building having its own distinctive and unique design and character. A bit of wow factor. A bit of a wow factor. Um, yes, yeah, so they've got 20,000 members, 51 buildings, mainly London, also some others in the UK and also in Germany. But, you know, they made a real statement um, back in the early 2000s when that almost helped the evolution of Flex, when all of a sudden Flex also became cool as well as flexible because flexibility was everything that was the, the, the main USP that everybody loved about the flexible workspace market. But all of a sudden... It also became cool and contemporary. So uh, for this episode, before we come to the end, uh, to sort of summarise, um, we're seeing green shoots for you now. Yeah, we're definitely seeing um, some green shoots of recovery. Um, and the truth is, my honest advice to any end users or tenants that are listening, listening into this podcast is that the deals that are available today 
won't be available in three months time. There's definitely going to be a bit of a tightening of the market. And so, yes, there's we, we've worked with the timescales of a lot of clients over the last year, most of them a bit on hold for a year. Um, and that's not a problem because we want to work with people with timescales and people have got to do what they've got to do. And we've been a perfect example of that. Our own business is a perfect example of what's going on in the marketplace. And in terms of the scale of business, and we've we've talked in previous uh, in the previous episode about it, you know, the, the percentage of the marketplace and where it could go to. This really is and could be the springboard mm. for people to really seriously consider that now is the time to start looking at uh, evolving, the, the, you know, how how they work, where they work. And 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 sort of the health benefit benefits their staff. Yeah, there's there's two major um, factors going to happen now. Number one is when uh, will clients, when will tenants go go back into the office physically, and will they go in completely, or will they go in fifty fifty, or some some kind of share of the of the team being remote or because in the it's office. a big adjustment as well if we talk about covid and the spacing of desks and if you had a floor that held i don't know 500 people and all of a sudden you know everybody wants their desks a bit further apart and you have to either take separate space or let staff work there's lots and lots of moving parts to this yeah there are so as well as as well as um, deciding whether to go in the office or not, then it's the type of space that you're going to go to. Are you going to go flex? Are you going to go traditional? And I do think that the, the flexible alternative will be one of the, I don't want to say winners or beneficiaries because that doesn't sound right, but it will be one of the solutions to help people through this terrible experience that everybody's been. But I'll tell you something interesting, you know, and... I keep coming back to Office Freedom as an example because we are a typical example of uh, the type of client that comes to us searching for space. We've sent COVID tests to all the team so that they can take them so that when they do come into the office, um, they've all got the peace of mind to know that they um, are COVID-free. And the environment's safe. Correct. Well, first of all, they haven't got COVID. If they have, obviously, the test will, will show them that, and then they won't be coming to the office and they'll have to do what they have to do in terms of isolation, etc. And then in the office... We have a rule that the windows will need to be open, um, masks will need to be worn. It won't be mandatory to wear a mask, but it will be encouraged. So as they're up and walking around desks and between common spaces. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of spaces between each individuals, um, yes, we will have more than normal. But if you've got the peace of mind to know that you've just taken a COVID test and you don't, and and you're, and, and you know the test is negative, then there should be some confidence in being in the office um, and, and, and returning to the office. So these are the steps that we're taking um, in order to have some peace of mind. And specifically speaking, as we're on the subject of, of your staff, everybody's happy to come back. Everybody's looking forward to it. You know, people probably haven't had the interaction and seen each other for quite a long time now. Not everyone, the majority. There are a few that have said we want to delay some, some that live with elderly grandparents, um, some that just had babies, and we work, we work with it. We're flexible. We, we've got to go with the flow. We're never going to say to someone, you must do this or you must do that. You can't say that in this day and age. You've got to have some um, flexibility with your attitudes towards our coming back to the office. Um, but our model is very interesting because theoretically – we could function not being in the office because the model means that if a client's wanting to have a to look at an office, we arrange the viewing of the office. Now, remember, we're doing business all over the world. So most of the time we're not attending tours. Yes, we do attend tours in London, especially central London. But 
conceptually the business could work without it and i'm thinking that probably a lot of companies could do that but you just can't you can't replace the beauty of eye to eye contact face to face contact shaking hands doing a deal um and when you're in the sales environment there's got to be um a level of face to face uh, interaction and um i can feel that there is a real real uh determination to get back to the office and i really feel strongly that people do have short memories richard unbelievably we've run out of time once again for again. time flies two. when you're time having fun flies when you're having fun it's been a great fun uh hosting the office freedom podcast flex with richard smith i hope you've all enjoyed it too uh if you have any questions for us by the way do feel free if you are watching us on youtube to pop some comments below and as always don't forget to like subscribe and share tell everybody um the show is shaped by your comments so please do let us know 